Hello everybody, welcome back to the Japanaholic Podcast. Podcast surrounded by topics all about Japan, anime, and games discussed by one certified Japanaholic. I am your host, Taylor Fry, and today I'm going to be taking a page out of last week's episode's topic, thingy-mabobber, and really just talking a lot about some Japanese articles, or Japanese news articles that have came out. Not anime news, but just news that pertain to the three subjects that, you know, this podcast is known for, which is what I just said earlier, not so long ago, actually. Um, I haven't actually done a podcast episode dedicated to talking about, like, Japan or any, like, news that really doesn't have to do with anime or anything like that. And, um, <laughs> I feel like I should. So that's what this week's episode is going to be about. Uh, before we get into this, though, I am a little sick. I do have a sore throat and I do have, like, congestion issues or whatever because the weather is being bipolar as hell it is cold one day hot neck the next day and then back to like freezing temperatures the next day it this is winter for, or this is kind of winter we're almost in winter i hope it comes here shortly soon because that means that the new year is around the corner and stuff like that um but i do want to talk a little bit about some articles that came out uh not too long ago uh, some of it has to do with anime, I guess, uh, but it mostly has to pertain to Japan and some um, some aspects of anime every once in a while, like I said, but yeah. Uh, I'm going to be talking about four articles. I thought I had five, but what when I was thinking about the topics last night and um, it, you know what I was going to be talking about, I only could narrow it down to four, which is still fine because that gives me enough time to talk about each article relatively well and all of these topics i'm going to talk about here are relatively new i don't want to say that they're old like a month old they're probably like a few weeks old and everybody's probably talked about them to death already but uh and you could as well guess by the title of this one what i'm going to be talking about as well um but i'm gonna go ahead and start with a pretty a pretty big one actually um, if you're into like the, uh, like the virtual YouTubers, uh, to say <laughs> the you know, the, the, the good kind, the hentai kind, um, it was not too long ago, actually. In fact, it was just a few days ago as of recording this, that Project Melody was falsely DMCA'd off of Twitch. And this is not the first time that she's been banned on Twitch. In fact, she was banned on Twitch. Back in March, it was earlier this year because things got a little too spicy on her pay on her uh, Twitch page and stuff like that. But this time she was banned because her own creator DMCA'd her VODs and basically took them all down because the creator of Project Melody, which is uh, Digit Revex, uh. Claimed to have the copyright to Project Melody's body and all that sort of stuff. Project Melody posted a uh, twit log uh, on her Twitter page just discussing like all the terrible stuff that uh, that Digit has been doing to her um, ever since basically creating her body or stuff like that. Um, she goes on and I think it's in the either the third or fourth paragraph she said... Uh, well, it's actually technically the second paragraph. 
Uh, she says in like the second paragraph that she spent like five thousand dollars to make the entire body and make the entire design. And she posted pictures of uh, of like uh, PayPal, uh, invoices and stuff like that, and some Discord messages. Um, basically, they uh, excuse me. Basically, she made this entire twit log just basically call it out like digit rev and stuff like that about how you know he was being a dick to her and stuff like that um and the tweet log also goes on to go into more detail about like some deals that digits wanted to wanted uh melody to participate in but of course um Me- uh, melody didn't want to do any do any of them for like reasons because she was very uncomfortable or some other reason that she gives off of the twit log and basically digit rev was calling her like unprofessional and stuff like that um basically if you want to know more information about this i really recommend reading the twit log on project melodies um on twitter page I haven't heard anything yet from Digit Rev though, and as much as I don't really want to talk about like job and stuff like that, not get involved in any of it. Um, if uh if uh Digit Rev ever makes a response to any of this, I will probably do a follow up episode on uh Digit Rev's response to this sort of situation. Um, per- my personal opinion is that I feel like it's just um. I talked about this in a Twitch stream not so long ago because I've been streaming on Twitch more and more recently. Um, because, uh, I I've I don't know. I just I like streaming on Twitch more than I like streaming on YouTube. Plus, uh, when I posted a poll about on my YouTube page, people didn't want me to stream on YouTube as much as I thought. So I've decided to not really deal with that. I guess you'll say. Um. But going away from the anime side or the virtual YouTuber side of things really quickly here. Um, actually, I do have one more thing I do want to say, though, that's relatively short. That's I don't think I said this during last week's episode. I think I did, but I'm not sure. But Fubuki has now hit a million subscribers on YouTube. So now there's three virtual YouTubers in the Hololive realm uh, that have over a million subscribers. There's Gurana, there's Korone, and now there's Fubuki. And... If you watch the clip of how Fubuki reached, or like when she realized she reached a million, it's amazing. Because she was playing with her fellow Hololive gamers, uh, gamer friends or whatever that uh, she debuted with. And uh, near the end of the stream, she basically announces that she reached a million subscribers. So I thought that was pretty cool. and the, That's probably the most wholesome uh, way to get a million subscribers in my opinion. Um, I wanted to talk about that because of the fact that, well, that was a part of... Um, that was a part of virtual YouTubers that I wanted to talk about, I guess. Um, but let me switch gears, I guess, to Japan and how they're dealing with COVID right now. Well, not necessarily COVID, but how students, university students, are dealing with this. Uh, an article recently came out on Japan Times uh, that Japan, uh, Japan's university students have had a rough six months and the immediate future isn't looking much brighter. Um... It is said that Japanese students are struggling to embrace the online learning amid this pandemic. And um uh, I'm not a student myself anymore or I'm not a uh, I'm not 
like a high schooler anymore. I just graduated. Like I literally graduated, um, this summer, <laughs> uh, last summer actually. While this whole pandemic was going down, I don't know. It it kind of, like I could go on and on about this. I think we already. I think I already talked about this with Lee. Also, does Bakabiliat. Uh, not too long ago about how it sucks that we graduated during the pandemic because all of the like, you know, specialness that was supposed to be graduating high school was basically lost because of the pandemic. Um, but I bring this up because I've seen a lot of people here in the Western areas or the States where I'm at, uh, they a lot of people also struggle with the online part of uh of doing school nowadays. My high school that I went to is allowing pe uh is allowing people to come in and you know do like a typical uh day at school with like you know obvious uh procedures to help the the safety of the students and stuff like that. But still, most people are still dealing with uh with their school stuff online, which I never personally was a fan of because. I hate using my computer for school stuff when I mostly associate it with like, you know, me trying to escape school and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, my school did allow me to have like a laptop and stuff like that to work on, but that laptop was so slow that trying to boot it up was like trying to, you, you know, you know, if you try to like boot up a computer back in like 2003 or 2004 and it, you know, you use that thing for so long, it, it take, it took so long to boot up. And once it booted up, it was incredibly slow, slow. You had to wait like five minutes for it to load all the icons and, you know, had to make sure that everything was all like nice and smooth, I guess, quote unquote. It was never smooth. It was slow. It was, it was horrible. But to go back on this, to go back on this article here, uh, in the, in the article, it says 44% of domestic universities continue to hold classes online while over... Half of them, 51%, have banned students from entering campuses altogether. Um, I also talked, uh, to go back to the states real quick, because I kind of want to talk about this, because they're kind of similar in the situations. Um, it's kind of the same thing here with how the universities are, uh, handling it. I talk to a lot of people who do, uh, who are in college, and most people say that they can't go to campus or whatever anymore. They have to like work or do schoolwork from home and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's like a mixed bag, obviously. Um, one person wrote in the article: "I spend more than ten hours a day at my computer, attending lectures and working on assignments. There's no time for anything else. I never get to go see anyone or go outside." I don't know why I even bother with the university experience. My lecture was supposed to be 90 minutes, but the professor left after 10 minutes and just gave everyone stacks of assignments. Is this what university learning should be like? I think, though, I like because I can't speak from experience of being a university student because obviously I just graduated high school and I don't really plan on going to university right now. Um, personally, I... I'm going to wait a little bit before going to college just to, cause, cause here in the, here in America, I don't know if it's the same thing in Japan. Somebody could tell me, um, either on my Twitter page at, at the Japanaholic one or at the JapanholicPC at gmail.com email, uh, without the in the beginning. <laughs> so yeah, but, um, 
I don't know how different it is with uh with money because when you go to college here in America, you're roughly spending a lot of money. Like you're taking out student loans and stuff like that. And most people who go to college spend about like 10 years or so trying to um pay off that student loan debt that they have. And um most people don't end up going to like work or wherever with their specialty or whatever they went to college for. They end up just like wasting four years or something like that. Four or eight years to get a degree in something they don't use. That's how, because one of my brothers uh, went to college, got a degree. I can't remember what degree it was. I think it was like a tech degree or something like that. I can't remember. But he's not doing anything with that degree. And he still has to pay off all that student debt stuff like that. Um, this article just basically just talks about that a lot of uh a lot of Japanese university students are just struggling to keep uh like just they're struggling to like adapt or embrace one of the two, not really both. <laughs> but online learning sucks. Okay. I will admit this. So, um, Japan doesn't have any restrictions on, like, COVID stuff. Um, in fact, like, I've seen a lot of people who are, like, walking around, like, Tokyo or Shibuya. Um, and there's, there's people with masks on, obviously, and they're trying to social distance, but you know how crowded Shibuya is or Tokyo. It is incredibly crowded. So, um... You know, there's no restrictions on like here in the in the states. There's still some restrictions here and there, and it's 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 a hellhole here in uh here in America. But speaking of Japan, let's talk about the potential future for foreign tourists to go over to Japan. Now, I have been waiting for this article to come out for months because I was supposed to go to Japan, uh, for a trip. In Osaka, well, technically Tokyo. We were supposed to go to Tokyo in June, but that never happened because of the pandemic. And I was hoping that they would have the borders like open or whatever, but they are not open. So if I were to try to go to Japan, they would not allow me in, and um, I would be basically sent back. But it looks like Japan is going to be looking into some ways to open up the borders for foreign travelers um before the summer olympics um it has been said that japanese people uh, uh have lost like a little bit it's like the olympics next year are going to lose some of its like little special ding to it that it had that it was supposed to have this year because of the pandemic and stuff like that um if you want more information on it there's a podcast episode uh on abroad in japan um uh, where they talk a lot about how, um, how, you know, Japanese people are looking forward to the Olympics and how, you know, different their mentality is for the Olympics happening next year as, as opposed to this year. Um, but this article here just basically goes on to, this is like a short article, obviously, but it does say that like, there is a chance that foreign tourists could come to Japan starting in early, uh, as early as April. 
um, with a little bit of testing here and there, and uh, they have to get like private health insurance and stuff like that. Um, I saw something, and I think it could be wrong about this because I saw it and I tried to find the article, but I could not find the article. No matter how hard I tried to find the article, I couldn't find it, so I don't think it's true anymore. But I, I had like a notification pop up because I have uh, notifications of Japan news that come out. Uh, to keep my, to keep me, like, up to date of what's going on. I saw, uh, a notification that said it's, um, that for foreign travelers, that the max you could stay is, like, a week. And then you have to go back or whatever. Like, you could stay for a week, come to Japan for a week. But then as soon as that week's up, you got to go back. You can't stay for two weeks or a month. But I can't find that article, so don't quote me on that right now. I don't know if that's something that'll be looked into later. Um, and they just, you know, jumped the gun with that notification. I don't know. I swear I saw something that said, like, you know, Japan travel seven days or something like that. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the actual thing. I think it may have been their go-to travel thing, which is different from what you know, they, uh, this, which is a completely different thing because Japan has been wanting people to like start traveling their country a lot more. So they're, uh, they've implemented a go-to travel thing, which is, uh, a whole different thing. It's all, it, it allows, uh, people who are in Japan right at the moment to like, you know, go and visit like a specific place they want to go and visit. And it's covered by the government and stuff like that. Um, a lot of people from Japan that I talked to, uh, have told me that uh, that they've seen like increases in people like going around um, places that are like foreign traps, I guess you'll say, but they're not really, you know, foreign, of course. They're like actual people just walking around, just checking out the places and stuff like that, that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have done that had we not had this pandemic and stuff like that. So it may have been that, that may have been like uh, a seven day max thing, which, um, I think is, uh, I think that makes more sense, but I don't know. I could be wrong as well. I could be wrong about everything about what I, what I'm just saying about the whole seven day thing, but yeah. Um, so I've reached the last article, which I want to talk about today, which doesn't have to do anything with here necessarily here in the States, um, or Japan, but it has to do with Australia. And I do have some Australian viewers listening uh, they do listen. Yeah, I got a couple of uh, Aussies in my uh, in my demographic here, but it was passed not too long ago that well, hentai has now been banned in Australia. The this has been going on for like several several months. In fact, probably a year. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, it uh after a few weeks or two. Um, Australia's government has been keen on, uh, trying to get rid of anime in its country and stuff like that because of its kind of, like, whole stereotype that anime has with sexualizing children and, um, yeah, it looks like it finally got passed that hentai has now been banned in Australia. Um... I really can't say much because I'm not an Aussie myself and I've never been to Australia. However, uh, the anime man made a video on it, although it's a little like, I want to say it's kind of like, 
the way he kind of promoted it was kind of bad because it made him sound like he was one for, um, like lolly hentai and stuff like that. Not gonna lie. Uh, even though you know he, that's you know that's probably not his, uh, his thing or whatever. Uh, he still made it look like it when he was tweeting it and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, like enough of him real quick. Uh, but Australia is basically banning any usage of hentai or whatever. The only way that you're really going to be able to watch it if you're in Australia is a VPN, which, uh, there's definitely some, and I'm not sponsored by any of them, so I can't shout any of them, any of them out or give you a promo code or whatever, because this podcast is way too small for that sort of stuff, apparently. Um, but Australia has banned, uh, hentai, like I said earlier, um, I don't think a lot of people have been saying this, uh, a lot of people have been saying that, like, this could potentially mean that somewhere like the States or Canada or Mexico or blah, 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 uh, a certain country could follow in Australia's footsteps and stuff like that, because if they could do it, why not we, apparently? Um, I don't see this happening because of the fact that America... Like, the thing is, is that anime is growing here in America, yes, but it's not growing to the point where it's, like, you know, a topic that the government's talking about. In fact, the government's too busy shooting themselves in the foot. I don't know. We just got done with the election, and the election was, like, the worst election I think I've ever been, you know, been alive for. I've been alive for a, a couple. <laughs> this has been one of the worst. And, um... Yeah, I don't want to talk about politics because I hate politics. And um, I don't think it should be a part of this podcast. But um, I don't see it being a part, like a, a topic, excuse me, in our government or whatever, where, you know, they would talk about banning anime or banning hentai and stuff like that. If it if it does happen, then fuck. I mean, I don't know what I'd do because I don't think the government's that keen on banning this sort of stuff right now um because they're too busy dealing with this pandemic and stuff like that so i don't know it's you know it's hard i any Aust uh people who live in australia who are listening to this podcast episode i feel bad man you're missing out on some good stuff i guess but you know you got vpns that could help you out i mean they're slow as hell but hey it's better than not being able to watch it you'll have to jump through a lot more hoops now um but it's not just watching it. Uh, it's as well as buying goods from Japan that are the adult kind of goods. Um, a lot of people know the website JList. I've used JList quite a bit myself. Um, well, actually, I've looked at it and I haven't really bought anything on it. I mean, I've bought a few things, but nothing of the adult kind because JList does have it's like a 50-50 they do have like their their normal um their normal stuff um and they do have their adult section the stuff that i've bought from jlist have been like magazines and stuff like that um i've talked about this when super long long time ago i don't remember when but i've bought a few magazines and stuff like that from jlist um like the the Megumi, I think that's what it was called, uh, magazine, which would give you like information about like animes and certain animes and stuff like that, and go in like some interviews and stuff like that, all in Japanese, all good stuff. 
Um, as well as a, a magazine called Hiragana Times, which I think I said this in my Four Ways to Learn Japanese. I think that I recommend getting. I recommend getting that because it helps you. Um, it helps you learn Japanese through current news articles. Or at least current as in what the magazine was published in. Which I think my latest one's like July. <laughs> it's super outdated. But yeah. You can learn Japanese through that kind of stuff. But J-List also has like their very adult goods. Uh, that uh, would be shipped anywhere in the world. Uh, and well, well would anywhere in the world. But now Australia can't. Um, you'll have to find a, I don't know if you can find, I don't know if you can get those shipped to Australia anymore. You'll probably have to go on like that black market or some crazy shit. But, um, J-List uploaded like this article or whatever, uh, basically saying like Australia banned, like, Australia's banned fun, I guess. <laughs> and the entire article just basically is like, uh, is like, uh, the kind of article where it's like, oh, well, well. We can't we can't ship to Australia anymore because the government has decided that you know it, it's no fun it's no fun anymore. Hentai is not fun. Hentai is dumb. Should not be a thing. Fuck hentai. So we can't ship our goods here. We're sorry, Australia. It was kind of like that. One of the things that would uh, that was pointed out is the fact that the the person who was wanting the hentai to be banned and stuff like that. Use some pretty wacky fucking uh, animes to try and um, convince the the press or whatever to ban it. And by interesting animes, I mean the most basic animes and the most stupid. Like you want to ban hentai or stuff that depicts like Charles, but you don't list off like actual hentai or whatever instead he lists off stuff like eramanga sensei aremo uh sort uh apparently some seeds from sort of online that have that apparently didn't happen i don't know i've never seen that show i don't plan on watching that show sorry um and goblin slayer the typical goblin slayer woo as if you know you know that Goblin Slayer, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Don't ask me. Um, but when he talks about these anime shows and stuff like that, it's probably the most bare bones research I think I've ever seen. And you know, it seems like he's not—he didn't actually watch the show himself. In fact, who whoever apparently gave him the notes. Didn't watch the show either. Or just didn't fucking understand context. I don't know. It's dumb. I don't recommend looking up exactly what was said. Because your brain will lose will lose IQ. You'll lose IQ, you know, by the, by the minute you read this stuff. Okay? It's bad. It's super bad. Um, but... Like I said earlier, I don't think this will come to bite us in America's ass or anywhere else like the UK or like Sweden or just like anywhere in general. It's just Australia because Australia's government has been a little wacky. I don't know. 
the the governments uh governments have been getting quite a bad name recently such as America and Australia and a couple other countries um yeah government does get a bad name for itself doesn't it understandably so but I think I'm going to wrap this episode up right now. Um, if you enjoy these podcast episodes, make sure to click the follow button and share with your fellow Japanaholics out there. Um, next week, I am going to be doing a Q&A episode because uh, I hit a thousand followers on uh, my Twitter page not too long ago. And I got a couple questions that I want to answer. Uh, a couple major questions that I want to answer, actually. Um, hopefully, we'll take up about, like, a half an hour. I don't think it'll be longer than, you know, like, I don't think it'll be, like, crazy long or whatever. Um, in a couple weeks, I do have another Weeb Reviews that I do want to get out there. I have to make sure I know what I, uh, I know when I'm uploading. Um, because, um, let me check the calendar real quick. I don't, let me check real quick, sorry. Um, okay, yes. So, it won't be... Next Wednesday, but it'll be the Wednesday after. I will have this month's installation of Weeb Reviews. And then uh, the week after that will be another uh, top anime news of the month of November. Which there has been some big news already. Just saying. Um, But that'll be it for me. I've been Taylor Fry, the certified Japanaholic. Signing off, and I'll see you next week where I'll do it all over again. Good night. <laughs>